This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee. Thanks for joining us today. Really excited to be talking to Jim Nelson with Tripods today. We'll be right back after these messages. You know how every house you go into has a certain smell? As a Minnesotan, it's that hockey gear smell in the winter mixed with the smells of a fireplace and a wet dog. But there's one thing your house never needs to smell like, the litter box. And for that, I found Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It seals and destroys odor on contact for a seven-day odor-free home, guaranteed. Don't let your house smell like a litter box. Get Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, really excited to be speaking with Jim. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So I just wanted to, first of all, since our audience doesn't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of background about who you are and how you started Tripods? Sure, sir. A, a small blog when our dog Jerry got cancer and was diagnosed, um, and w- it was determined that amputation was one of the best ways to improve his quality of life. We freaked out, didn't even know dogs got cancer, started Googling everything, and were very on the fence about whether or not our dog could live on three legs until we saw a giant Great Dane digging up a gopher on YouTube, and we thought, with one front leg. And we thought if that dog could do it, our dog could too. Long story short, he had his leg amputated at UC Davis, hopped out of the hospital the next day. And we were told he had, you know, four to six months, maybe a year to live. And we were at a point in our business where um, we decided we wanted to make the most of those remaining days. So we sold our business, our home, everything, bought an RV and traveled the country with Jerry to kind of make the most of those last days. And he ended up living two years. Over those two years, that blog grew into discussion forums and a live chat and videos all about recovery and care of amputation. Because we had one dog with one type of cancer, but we were getting emails emails from people, a pug with mast cell cancer or a Great Dane with a, you know, a blind Great Dane who had an accident. And we wanted people to provide a platform where people could share their own stories and talk to each other. So we now, you know, fast forward, you know, 15 years later, and we host 1,500 three-legged dog and cat blogs, people sharing their stories, sharing their photos, asking questions, sharing their nutrition plans, and most importantly, results, so people can compare you know, their different stories. And in 2014, we formed the nonprofit Tripods Foundation to keep all this free. And now we're offering uh, assistance programs where we will help pay for rehab for a three-legged animal and help reimburse for surgery costs. 
is so amazing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. It is amazing that you got two years. I will say osteosarcoma is one of my most hated mm-hmm. types of cancer that I end up seeing. Yeah. And as an emergency critical care veterinary specialist, it's frustrating because I don't have a long-term relationship with a lot of pet owners. I'm seeing them for the first time in the ER. And a lot of people are often shocked when they have a dog that comes in, all of a sudden he's limping. It may be a older dog. And all of a sudden, I'm taking x-rays and diagnosing it with cancer. And so for those of you guys who don't know what osteosarcoma is, it's a really aggressive type of bone cancer in dogs. And it's a terrible type of cancer that dogs can get. Very rarely cats can get it. Very rarely young children can get it. But the prognosis in dogs, unfortunately, is pretty poor. And it normally affects large to giant breed dogs. So Great Danes, Great Pyrenees, German Shepherds, Labradors. Males seem to be slightly more at risk. We don't know if it's a genetic component. It's probably multifactorial. But because we can see this more in certain breeds, we do worry there could potentially be an inherited risk with it. But it's usually a very aggressive type of cancer of the long bones. So those are the longest bones in the body. And the reason why I hate this cancer is because osteosarcoma can affect typically older dogs. Most types of cancer affect old dogs. But we can also see this in a subset of dogs that are younger, typically between one and a half to two years of age. And I don't know, Jim, how your dog was diagnosed. Was it through limping or swelling or what exactly happened that led to the diagnosis? Sure. This was 2006, so it was quite a while ago. And we were active people, always hiking. And we came back from a long hike and he was eight years old at the time and diagnosed with some dysplasia as a puppy. So we came back from that hike and he jumped out of the truck and yelped. And then he started limping and and they're very good at hiding their pain. So he would limp, then he wouldn't limp. And we went to our vet and he had all the greatest equipment and the big words and we trusted him. And he said it was arthritis and he provided an NSAID, you know, an NSAID. And we went and he kept limping and we went back to the same vet a number of times and he tried mixing up the medication and basically refused to say, I don't know. So it was a vet tech who followed us out one day and said, I suggest you get another opinion. And then second opinion, the vet there said, there's something odd here. You should, you know, here's an x-ray. It looks kind of odd. I'm not an expert. Go to UC Davis. And we did. And that's when they had some high resolution scans that determined it was osteosarcoma. Oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I'm so glad you're a good advocate for your dog. And, you know, that's honestly the mission behind ER Vet and Pet Life Radio. We're trying to make people the best advocate you can be for your own four-legged family member and you know i see lame dogs not lame dogs but dogs that are limping every single day in the er i see it in cats very rarely and you know sometimes dogs do get soft tissue injury from tweaking their leg when they're out jumping to catch a frisbee and a lot of times i do treat it with what jim's dog was treated with a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory but As your dog gets older, or if the limping doesn't go away in five to seven days, then we really recommend sedation for x-rays because the x-rays are going to help rule out if something's going on. So a lot of times I'll see those clinical signs of limping, swelling, sudden pain, and that sometimes can be from a sudden fracture of the bone. Now, x-rays are really, really helpful. When in doubt, you can always have those x-rays read by a board-certified veterinary radiologist. And your vet will oftentimes charge an additional fee to send this to a radiologist. But I think this is so important 
because there are other causes of these bony changes we can see on x-ray. So before we say for sure it's osteosarcoma, we want to make sure it's not osteomyelitis, which is an infection of the bone. I live in the Midwest region of the United States, and we see a fungal infection called blastomycosis, which attacks the bone and can look really similar. So we really want to make sure that we do an appropriate workup. So absolutely check with your veterinarian. If your dog is in sudden pain, suddenly limping, absolutely get to your ER vet right away so we can do those x-rays. It is important to keep in mind that osteosarcoma is a very aggressive type of cancer of the bone, but it doesn't normally cross the joint. So we don't typically see it going through the joint capsule. It's usually in the lower part or the top part of a bone. So that is one big clue that I usually rely on. And I will say there are times when I end up having to do bone biopsies to try to get a small sample in order to determine if it's osteosarcoma versus osteomyelitis. Now, with osteosarcoma, I know, Jim, it had to be so hard to hear that your dog had to have its limb amputated. What were you guys going through emotionally, mentally, financially? How did you guys come to that decision? We almost didn't go through with it. We were literally waiting in the hotel room and at UC Davis, they did an MRI to have some, you know, some real proof about what this thing was and how big it was and if it was operable to remove it. It was up in the scapula. So, you know, again, it's away from the joints. It was up in the shoulder. And that's when we saw that video on YouTube and decided um, he was under for the MRI and the vet said, okay, he's under, we can do this amputation now, or, you know, you can try and reschedule and come back at a later date and we understood the urgency so it was kind of put on the spot and I actually hung up and you know we said I'll call you right back we hung up my wife and I looked at each other and said we're not ready to let him go he's still full of life and that's what's so bad about this disease is mentally and physically he was fine but we like to say dogs are born with three legs and a spare so once that leg was gone he hopped out of the hospital the next day and i swear he had a smile on his face the amputation gets rid of the pain but it doesn't get rid of the cancer so that's when we had the realization that we have to adapt to this new normal and realize that we're living on borrowed time Now, I think the hardest thing for pet owners to have to deal with is, yes, the decision of amputating. And I will say as a veterinarian, and Jim can attest with his own dog, dogs and cats get around so well with just three legs. I will say that they do better typically when it's a hind limb amputation. And that's because most dogs and cats hold two thirds of the weight in the front part of their body and a lower amount of weight on their back legs. So it can take a little bit of getting used to, but this is one of the reasons why we veterinarians harp so much on the growing problem with obesity. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, we're seeing obesity in over 60% of our pets. And when we define overweight versus obesity, obesity typically is over 10 to 20% of the ideal body weight. We see so many medical problems from obesity. People tend to love their pet by giving them more food, but this becomes a big issue with amputation. If your dog or cat is really obese, honestly, it's going to be a lot harder to be a tripod because they're going to shift that weight around. So when in doubt, we've done long-term studies in research that have shown dogs live longer when they're skinnier. So let's help them in the future by reducing the risks of some of these problems, um, problems with osteoarthritis, problems with diabetes, problems with pancreatitis. Again, nobody suspects that our dogs are going to get osteosarcoma down the line, but again, can be a lot harder if they're really obese to be able to handle an amputation. 
Now, osteosarcoma is really painful. Jim, I know that the amputation did help with some of the pain, but what did you notice? You said immediately a lot of that pain was relieved. What did you notice in terms of your dog's ability to walk or pros and cons you want to talk about when it came to amputation? Sure. The recovery was a difficult period, but honestly, it was harder on us than it was on Jerry. And of all the members we've seen at Tripods, the most difficult recoveries we've seen are the ones with the people who are freaking out the hardest and putting their bed on the floor to sleep with them and hand feeding their dogs. A rehab vet once told us, you know, you got a little tough love goes a long way. You got to focus on healing the body and have your dog to be normal again. You got to act as though life is normal because they're going to look up to you. And that's why we like to say, be more dog. And that comes from a um, keynote address Renee and I gave at a canine cancer conference long ago, where we shared tips about the recovery process. But your dog wakes up and adapts quickly. The vast majority of them recover quickly and adapt well, but it's the people who need the help. That's why tripods exist. So by being more dog, we adapt and overcome. And you know they're going to follow our lead. So if we're upset, they're going to be upset. And if everything's out of the normal all of a sudden, it makes recovery more difficult. So there's a technical stuff to focus on. Pain management, number one. Weight management, of course. That's why we highly recommend um, rehab therapy once the dog is healed and the foundation will actually pay anyone with a three-legged animal up to $200 to see a rehab therapist to understand the benefits of getting that weight down and exercises you can do to keep them strong. Because unfortunately, there's still some vets out there that, you know, send the dog home with a bag of medication and say, let him be a dog. And the people think, okay, well, we can go swimming next week. And sure, swimming's great therapy, but you got to work up to it. There's a certain amount of moderation of activity required to do that. And then there's the logistics of like creating a recovery room for the dog to heal and have bedding that's not going to caught up under him and be patient. You know, some dogs won't urinate or defecate for, you know, a, a day or two and people freak out. And that's why at Tripods, they can come and join in the chat room at any hour or post in the forums to get help from others who understand. Thank you so much, Jim. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back. 
back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to be talking about amputation. Now, I know it sounds like a hard topic, but we're excited to be talking with Jim Nelson, who has the website. You definitely have to check this out, bemoredog.net. And this is based on a book that he and his wife, Renee, wrote, Be More Dog, of what their dog went through and what they went through when Jerry lost a leg to cancer. Again, a really aggressive type of osteosarcoma. So definitely check out that website. has great information at their blog and also has a forum where you can talk to other people. Again, I think it's so great that you guys started a foundation to help support the cause and help people with some veterinary financial aid. Now, did you guys end up doing chemotherapy or radiation therapy? When it comes to osteosarcoma, it is frustrating because we typically have to begin with amputation of the affected leg. And Mm -hmm. again, we've talked about how hard that is, but it immediately alleviates that pain. And that pain is really from micro fractures or from a big fracture of that leg. And that's from the cancer cells eating into that bone. And it sounds like Jerry did amazing with two years. You know, unfortunately, some dogs typically don't live that long. On average, it's about four to five months. 90% of dogs, unfortunately, do succumb to osteosarcoma within one year, even if surgery is done. Um, mm-hmm. But I am curious if you guys did chemotherapy or radiation therapy. So it's interesting you, you say that because at the time, it wasn't promoted or recommended as strongly as it is in every case these days, but it was presented to us, but it was also six hours away. And we would have to go, you know, pretty often every few weeks or every other week or so at first to get these, you know, trips to the vet, traveling six hours each way. And we decided, you know, if we're only going to have this limited time left with Jerry, we wanted to make the most of it and make sure he enjoyed it. Amazingly, he survived six months and we we had the road. I made a promise to him, stick around and we're going to take you on a road trip. Just stick around. And he was still very fit and healthy at that six months when we hit the road. And I didn't want to do the follow-up x-rays. I thought he would let us know when it was time and when he would get sick. And it was at about a year or so, he was still doing well and we were getting a standard checkup and a vet said, it's better to know. You, you should look. And I said, you know what? You're right. It is better to know. And they did scans of the chest. Metastasis, as you know, that's where it's first going to go. It's going to you know, affect the lungs. And he discovered a few spots on the lungs. And it was like the whole thing all over again. We were living this wonderful life with our three-legged dog. And it's like we were thrown back to the diagnosis. It's like, oh, yeah, he has cancer. But he wasn't letting us know. He was acting perfectly healthy. So at that time, we went with... Um, a clinical trial for some immunity supplements, as well as metronomic chemotherapy. So it was something that we could do at home, on the road, the low-dose chemotherapy pill that we could give him. And we believe that and the immunity helped him survive to that two-year mark. But I also think it was the lifestyle. I mean, he was seeing new adventures every day as we traveled around the country that first couple of years. I will say there have been a lot of developments with oncology, which is the study of cancer in veterinary medicine. And traditionally, you're right, it has typically been amputation for the treatment of osteosarcoma. There are newer studies that are coming out about the use of stereotactic radiation therapy, what we call Mm -hmm. SRT. And this is different from traditional radiation therapy, where it typically requires anesthesia, even if it's really brief, just for a few minutes, under injectable anesthesia, Monday through Friday for typically one month. I also wasn't able to do that with my own dog, who was a pit bull diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so I did the same thing as you. I got a second, third opinion. I ended up taking 
him to Colorado State University for stereotactic mm-hmm. radiation therapy. And that was where he got a higher amount of radiation therapy or what we call gray over the course of three treatments within one week. And that might not be an option for everyone. It can be very expensive. I know for stereotactic radiation therapy for my own dog 10 years ago, it was about 10000 And so can be quite costly, but the joy for me was I got 13 months. And, you know, Jim, I know you can attest to this. Any Mm -hmm. dog, any cat owner who's ever had a pet survive cancer, we're happy with that one extra happy day. So Mm -hmm. we'll take what we can get, right? That's for sure. All right. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about what you guys have learned from Be More Dog? Sure. We learned early on that it was really important to just make the most of every day. We were, you know, Jerry did not know he had cancer. He woke up out of the hospital, had one less leg, adapted, overcame, and moved on. And it was really the ability to adapt and overcome. There's certain anecdotes in the book about perseverance and and things that he would just stick at and do and keep at, you know, in the face of adversity that that he would kind of taught us along the way. You know, when I when it was time to the end, near the end, we, the time was coming close, and that morning we took him out and he showed us how to stop and smell the roses. You know, he was still hopping around and and it it was how we wanted to remember him. But he, you know, it was just that you know every day is a great day, no matter what adversity life throws your way. We met so many people on the road that he taught us, you know, it's, it's important to be open and loving to everybody. There's anecdotes about total strangers that in our previous life we would have, you know, crossed the street and not talked to and then end up making a friend because we had Jerry who really thought everything was loving. <laughs> I will say, well, we in the shelter world often joke tripod dogs or cats often are the first to be adopted. And it always warms my heart when people go out of their way to find a special home for that pet who may have had an amputation due to trauma, maybe a bad pelvic fracture or a bad back leg fracture or because of cancer. Now, tell us what you're doing with tripods. Is it just for dogs with cancer or what other situations are you finding people actually going to tripods for? Well, the majority of um, amputation cases, as you know, are likely from some sort of cancer, most likely osteosarcoma. But we see amputations of all sorts. Many people come from a visit to the emergency room because their dog was hit by a car. We've seen bullet wounds and snake bites and dog kicks and abuse. Our own current tripod spokes dog, Wyatt, at eight months old, he was um, he was left tethered and the chain got kind of strangulated the leg and the leg had to come off. And now he's 11 years old. But we're also, ha- we have more than 100 three-legged cat blogs now. We're seeing a lot of cases with vaccine-associated sarcomas and or accidents from cats, or people will find a feral cat who needs an amputation, they'll take it in. So it's cats and dogs and amputations of all sorts. And you were talking about advances in oncology and that sort of thing. Those are the reasons that Renee and I you know, visit Davis and visit CSU and interview the leading experts in the fields about these incredible things going on and these technologies that are out there available. Available to some people, in most cases, you know, 
if they can afford it. But otherwise, you know, there's electrochemotherapy now and intralesional chemotherapy and so many things that are going on that can really help. So we, you know, people tend to go to Facebook or social media and, and look for help and they get lots of likes and hugs. But at tripods.com, they get, you know, qualified quantitative information from the experts through the Tripod Talk radio podcast and video interviews. And at tripods.org, there's assistance programs that encourage rehab and help pay for amputation. I got to say, I love what you guys do. I'm the same type of pet owner where if something bad happened, people, even my veterinary colleagues thought I was crazy when JP was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I got into a car, drove 14 hours to Colorado State just to pursue other options, just to buy him some more time. And I I do Mm -hmm. agree with you. You know, we oftentimes will anthropomorphize how much we think a dog or cat is going through. Dogs and cats, to our knowledge, don't get that phantom pain from an amputation. They are literally back to jumping and running the next day, and they handle it so well. Of course, we have them on really good pain medication, so that's really important to consider. But again, love what you guys did. Love that you purposely wanted to spend as much time with Jerry as you could, Mm -hmm. just traveling across the country and all that you've done to raise awareness. Do you mind just telling us the websites again where our pet owners can go? Sure. Thank you very much. The story about how it all began and what we learned from Jerry is at bemoredog.net, where we have eBooks and paperbacks and special gift editions. But the um, the information, the resources, the live chat, the forums, those are all at tripods.com. And at tripods.org is the the financial assistance. And we actually have a toll free helpline there. People can call, and we have volunteer staffing. We're not veterinarians, but we understand what people are going through. So that's tripods pods.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Jerry is beautiful. You can see him on the cover of the book. Again, the book is called Be More Dog, Learning to Live in the Now, Enjoying Every Day to the Fullest on the Road to Happiness. Obviously, this is for dog and cat owners, but I think all of us can attest that we really just want to enjoy life and spend every day to the fullest with two-legged and four-legged that we love. So thank you so much for all that you guys do. Thank you. I appreciate you helping us get the word out there. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, but we want to thank our guests, Jim Nelson and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.